I'll tell you, I, I have been so blessed, amen, I have been so blessed already this morning to be with you folks here at Eckerd Baptist Church. You guys have a wonderful spirit in your church, you most certainly do, and, and I praise the Lord for what God is doing in your church and in your midst. My name is Kenny Rager, I serve with your Kentucky Baptist Convention, it's our network of Southern Baptist churches here in the state of Kentucky that we cooperate together for the cause of missions. And because of your cooperative program support, there is mission work going on in the state of Kentucky from the mountains all the way to the Mississippi and all that God is doing. Uh, my role at the Kentucky Baptist Convention is to help our churches in the state, uh, particularly on the, on the left side of the state, on the western side of the state, um, to help our churches to be strengthened and encouraged and out reach and evangelism. The gospel to every home it was something that our team was heavily involved in and it is so exciting to see your church gearing up for the 40 days of prayer for gospel to every home. Did you know that every single county in the state of Kentucky, every single county has at least 80% of that county's population unchurched? At least. 80% of that county's population on church. Uh, we estimate somewhere that 65 to 70% um, of Kentuckians, 65 to 70% of Kentuckians don't know the Lord at all. And you may think, well, Kenny, that's, not, that's impossible. Everywhere you go in Kentucky, you drive by, there's a church. But folks, listen, those churches aren't full. They aren't full. And it also doesn't mean they're not reaching people. So when we are in the process of getting the gospel to every home, you have no idea how important that is. And through your cooperative program giving, Ekron Baptist Church doing that, you are helping all churches to be motivated to get the gospel to every home in the state of Kentucky. So praise the Lord for that. That's exciting as you all are going on your 40 days of prayer to prepare yourself and to get ready. And so praise the Lord for all that you all are doing. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to invite you to turn to the book of Romans chapter 10. I also believe it's been printed on your program for you and on the screen for you this morning. As we're talking about getting the gospel to every home in the state of Kentucky, as Ekron Baptist Church is getting the gospel to every home in its community, do you know what the gospel is? What is the gospel? If somebody was to say, um, could you explain the gospel to me? Could you explain the gospel of Jesus Christ to me? Um, what would you say? How would you say it? Um, so oftentimes, when we talk about evangelism and sharing the faith, people always, oh, I always hear this. They always say, oh, Kenny, I just don't know what to say. Explaining the gospel is too hard. I, I don't know the right words. I, how do I explain the gospel? It seems really complex and hard. How, how do I explain it? Oh, friends, listen, the gospel is not hard at all to understand. Listen, the gospel is so simple that a seven-year-old little boy in Owensboro, Kentucky, sitting on his living room couch on a Sunday night, could understand the gospel being told to him by his mother to know that he was a sinner and needed to be born again and receive Christ in his Savior. How do I know that? Because I was that seven-year-old little boy that heard the gospel and understood the gospel. The gospel does not have to be complex. It was a cold, snowy February morning. Anybody glad those days are behind us for a little bit at least? It was a cold, snowy February morning 
And, and, and really, nobody should have been on the roads. It was so icy. So the pastor of a church, small church, began to call uh, his, his congregation, talk to his deacon, say, yeah, we probably need to cancel today. We probably need to cancel today. And, and he called everybody, and he got to one deacon, and he said, hey, brother so-and-so, we probably need to, to cancel today because it's so cold and snowy. And that deacon was a dairy farmer, and he said, well, he said, preacher, he said, when I go out to, to feed my cows... And only one shows up, I still feed them. The preacher said, all right, I hear you. I, I get you, I'll meet you there. So he makes that trek in the cold and snow and ice, and he gets there, and it's only him and the farmer. So he says, all right, I'll, I'll preach to you. So he gets up, and I mean, he lays it on. I mean, he starts in Genesis, and somewhere about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he ends in Revelation, okay? I mean, he is laying it on, just him and this other guy. And he gets done. And he goes up to the deacon, he says, well, what'd you think? Deacon kind of thought for a second. He said, well, he said, if I go out to feed my cows and only one shows up, I don't give them the whole load. <laughs> and what I want you to know today is that when we are presenting the gospel of Jesus, listen, it's simple. It's not this gigantic, complex thing. Now, I'm not saying it's watered down. Oh, no, 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 no. It's far from watered down. I'm just telling you, it's not hard to explain. I'm trying to encourage you today to know that anybody can share the gospel. But there may be some today that are in this room, and you think the gospel's hard to understand because you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never opened your heart up to receive God's great invitation into your life. And what I want you to know today is that Jesus Christ can be understood by you. You can understand Jesus. You can understand Christ. And he wants to save you. So let's turn to God's word this morning. If we could, let's honor. Let's stay and honor God's word this morning if we can. Romans chapter 10. Many of you all know this passage. You memorized it as a child perhaps. Some of you will be hearing it for the first time today. Romans 10 starting in verse 9. The Word of God reads this. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, Whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. And I love this. Can we just read this verse together? For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, today as we attempt to understand the simple gospel, we pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, let someone that has never believed and trusted in Christ understand it. And trust in you today and be born again and be saved. We thank you for the word. Hide me behind the cross today and help me to preach, Lord, the word in context and to preach it faithfully. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people prayed together. Amen. You can have a seat. The gospel of Jesus is maybe, it's, you can find it all through the New Testament. But the Apostle Paul, I believe, the book of Romans he outlines the gospel in such a way, explains it so well in the book of Romans. And when you get to chapter 10, I believe he just melts it all down 
into a very simple way that if you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, what does the Bible say? You will be saved. I love that. Maybe no better explanation or more simplistic explanation than Romans 10, 9 through 13. I just love it. Um, today, some of you all don't know very much about Jesus or you have never given your heart to Christ. It's not a whole load that you have to receive today, but you need to understand what the gospel is. You need to understand what the Bible teaches, uh, how a man can be saved, that, that Christ is God, that he came and died, was buried, rose again, and is one day coming again that we are sinners separated from God, and there's no way to be saved outside of Jesus Christ, but yet we must receive him. So, Kenny, can you help me understand today the gospel? Can you help me understand the good news, which is what gospel means, the good news of Jesus Christ? What is the gospel? Well, number one, I want you to see this, that the gospel is a simple message about Jesus Christ. It's a simple message about Jesus. Look here what it says in verse 9. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Notice a couple of things Paul writes to us, and he says, first, that you must confess that Jesus is Lord. What does it mean to confess? Well, confession means that you're going on the record. You're, you're going on the record about something. You are making a statement. You're declaring. You're making a, a proclamation, right? You are confessing. You're going on the record. Well, Kenny, all right, I got to confess. <laughs> what am I confessing? Well, Paul tells us in the very next phrase, right? You must confess Jesus as what? As Lord and Savior. You confess Christ. You're going on the record that Jesus is Lord. Well, Kenny, who is Jesus? Who is Christ? Who is this man named Jesus that we sung about and, and prayed to and, and worshipped this morning? Who is Jesus? Who is Christ? Well, 2,000 years ago, in a little town called Bethlehem, God became man. The second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, became man. Jesus did not come into existence at Bethlehem. Y'all know that, right? He's always been here. The Bible says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus um, is, is, did not come into existence at Christmas. He became man at Christmas. He is God who became man, and he lived a, a perfect, spotless, sinless life. All God, all man, such a mystery. He, he proved who he was by doing miracles. He, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He walked on the water. He never sinned, therefore he never had to die. But yet he went to the cross. He laid himself on the cross. He was stripped of his clothes. You know, I, we can watch all the passion movies that there are, and it will never capture what happened in Jesus. You know, he was completely naked on the cross. Did you know that? That's how they, they treated people when they crucified them. Completely stripped them, blooded them to a pulp, tacked them up on the cross. Such a shameful, awful way to die. And that is how our Savior died. Well, Kenny, why did he do that? Well, because we're sinners separated from God. We can never earn our salvation. You can't get baptized enough to get to heaven. You can't give enough money to get to heaven. You can't get churched enough to go to heaven. We are separated from God through our sins and destined for hell 
unless something else happens, unless Christ saves us. So there he was. He hung on the cross, suffered, bled, and died. He really did die. He was buried. But on the third day, something really cool happened, didn't it, Ekron? On the third day, God the Father spoke, the stone was rolled away, and out came the Son, alive and resurrected. And Jesus is alive today. And, and what Paul says, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you're saying that I believe that Christ is God who died and was buried and rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and He indeed is the Lord. You make a confession that Christ is Lord. Can I put the word Lord into Kentucky Fried language? Can I do that today? You know what Lord means? He's your boss man. He's your boss man. You going on the record. You making a confession that Jesus is my boss man. That he's the Lord of my life. It's a simple message about Jesus. That you confess that Christ is your Lord. He's your boss man. That he is God who became flesh, who died, was buried, rose again, ascended into heaven. One day is coming again that you've made him the Lord of your life. And then Paul says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, what does the next part say? And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Understand, make no mistake about it. You can never believe that Christ died and, and the resurrection was fake or the resurrection was just something that the apostles came up with. You cannot believe hogwash like that and be saved. Did you know that? You have to believe that Christ bodily died and bodily resurrected to be saved that the resurrection was no myth no fairy tale it was a real historical event amen ekron that christ really did rise from the dead so we confess that jesus is lord and believe in our heart that god has raised him from the dead but let me share something with you if i can to be, to be very blunt but very honest at the same time and and caring at the same time Many people will intellectually believe that Jesus existed and died and maybe even rose from the grave. They, they believe that in their heads, but they don't have a biblical belief. Now, Kenny, what do you mean a biblical belief? Well, the word for belief that's used in the New Testament actually means to put your faith into, to trust, to have confidence in, assurance in. Let me just give you an example. How many of you all believe that if you drove over to Louisville today, that an airplane could take off from Louisville, Kentucky, and fly to New York City? How many of you all believe that airplanes are capable of doing that? All right, some of you don't, but okay. All right. Maybe we need some lessons in aeronautics in here, okay? Uh, but most of you agree that airplanes can take off from Louisville and land in New York City. That's an intellectual belief. But the biblical belief that Paul is talking about is a little bit different. It's the equivalent of this, that you drive to Louisville, Kentucky, you go into the airport, you walk down the terminal, you get on the airplane, you buckle up, and you look at the captain and you say, I trust you to take me to New York City. Do you see the difference? Biblical belief is not just intellectually acknowledging that Jesus is Lord and that he rose from the grave, but it is believing and trusting, putting your faith into Christ. Well, Kenny, I just don't know if I could exercise that kind of faith. You know, you do it all the time. How many of y'all checked your brake lines before you came to church today? You had faith in your brakes, didn't you? 
How many of you all looked at the, at, the, at the weight capacity and the bolts of the chairs that you sat in today? You just sat in them, didn't you? You put your faith and confidence believing that that chair and would hold you, that those brakes would stop you, that that plane could take you there. And today, the simple message of Jesus is this, is that you must confess that he is Lord and put your faith and trust into Jesus. Admit you're a sinner, believe that he died and rose again, and put your faith into Christ. And the great promise is what? That if you do that, what will happen? You might be saved. Is that what it says? Maybe you'll be saved. Possibly you'll be saved. No, help me, Ekron. You will be, shall be saved. Isn't that great? The gospel is a simple message about a man named Jesus. Oh, we can't tell that story enough, amen? Can't tell it enough. But number two, not only is it a simple message about a man named Jesus, it is also, the gospel is a simple message about life change. Look at verse 10. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. Paul says, with the mouth, you open up, you speak. With the heart, you believe. Well, what exactly is happening when you believe with your heart? Well, you are putting trust in Christ, and in return, the Bible says that he gives you righteousness. With your mouth, you open up and confess, and in return, Christ gives you salvation. So what is salvation? What is righteousness? Well, righteousness means that you've been made right. That you've been made right. You know, when I, look, when I wake up and I look in the mirror, I don't always see somebody that does the right thing. Anybody else relate with me on that? Yeah. I see somebody that messes up a lot. Um, I, if I had to relate to anybody in the Bible, it would be Peter, because I always open my mouth when I shouldn't. I've got that disease, that foot and mouth disease. Man, I, I just think to myself, man, I don't do, I do, I mess up all the time, all the time. But yet somehow, though I look in the mirror and I see my faults and my failures and my mistakes, but through the shed blood of Jesus, when God the Father sees me, he sees me as righteous. I don't see myself as righteous, and my wife definitely doesn't see me as righteous. And husbands, none of y'all's wives see y'all as righteous either. But praise God, through the grace of Jesus, the Father sees us as righteous. Notice the second thing, salvation. Anybody just glad to be saved this morning? Never get over your salvation. Amen? Never get over your salvation. Because the truth is, every single one of us deserves to be lined up on the side of hell and just flicked in by God. It's what you deserve. We've rebelled against God, broken His commandments. Our sins are filthy and dirty and rotten. And our rights, the good things we do do, are like filthy rags. We don't deserve nothing. Nothing. But yet the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is the Lord, you believe in your heart, God raised from the dead, you'll be saved. With the heart, one believes into righteousness. With the mouth, confesses salvation. You know, what, you know what it means to be saved, don't you? Let's just, let's just think for a second. It means you've been saved from hell. 
I mean, I think we forget that sometimes when we throw that word out so much, right? We just forget. Saved from what? Well, from hell. Because that's what you deserve. And here's the reality. If you don't confess Christ as Lord and believe in your heart, that's where you're going. I know that ain't popular to preach about, but you can't get out of the New Testament without seeing that. Well, Kenny, that seems very offensive. Kentucky Baptist Convention is supposed to come and encourage us, not scare us about hell. Oh, but friends, how could we ever preach to you with sincerity and love if we don't tell you what the word saved means? If we don't tell you what it means. Why are we getting the gospel to every home? Because, listen, friends, I want to tell you, people are dying and going to hell. And if they die without Christ, they go to hell. Just read the New Testament. Oh, but when Jesus comes in, he changes you, amen? Makes you right, takes you off that course to hell. And man, salvation doesn't begin when you die and go to heaven. It begins the moment you accept Christ. And the Spirit of God comes in you, begins to produce fruit in you. Great things happen. And Jesus just changes you. He's, he puts you on a path of life change that starts the moment you get saved. And we're all going to be a work in progress, right? We're all going to be a work in progress until we get to glory. But praise God, he's in us. A little boy was getting witnessed to by his father. And he says, son, you need to trust Jesus and let him come inside of you. Let Jesus come inside of you. The little boy thought for a second. He said, Dad, if I let Jesus inside of me, won't he stick out a little bit? And you know what? He will. Oh, man, you don't clean a fish before you catch it. When you catch it, it gets cleaned. And that's what happens with Jesus. When he comes in, oh, the wonderful change he's made in your life. He changes you. Anybody glad you're not the same as you were yesterday because of Jesus? Yeah. Some of y'all are needing to be changed, and you've tried everything. But you need Christ in your life. Number three, it's a simple message about a man named Jesus. It's a simple message about life change. And number three, it's a simple message for all people. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, verse 11. Since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Everybody who calls on the name of the Lord. Paul is very clear here. He says that if you know Jesus, you're not going to be ashamed of Christ. You'll call on him. You'll, you'll love Christ. That's why we need to make our professions of faith public. We need, we need to make it public to profess Christ. But second, notice here he says there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. Um, in that dime period, that was a big deal. Many of the Jewish people, thought, Jewish Christians thought that only Jews could be saved and not non-Jews. And of course, we know from the struggles in the New Testament, they had to figure that out. But they knew that the gospel was for all people. Didn't matter where you came from, whether you are from this ethnicity or that ethnicity, from that side of the tracks or this side of the tracks. It just doesn't matter. But what matters is that you call upon the name of the Lord. That's what matters. That you have a moment in your life where you acknowledge your sin and that you need Christ as your Savior and you call upon Him for salvation. 
For me, again, I was seven years old when I called upon Christ. And man, listen, one of the greatest things about God's grace is that he saved me knowing some of the stuff that I would do. And he still saved me. Anybody else thank God for that? Yeah, me too. Oh, but he's never let me down. He's always been so good to me. And today, if you're in this room, and you think, Kenny, could God really save me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you've got to call on them. You've got to believe in them. You've got to believe that Christ died, buried, and rose again, that he, and that you want them as your Lord. That, that means you repent of your sin, right? You, you say, I don't want to go this way anymore, but I need Christ. I believe he died and buried and rose again. Come into my life, Lord. Come into my life and save me. Well, Kenny, that just seems so simple. Just to turn to Jesus. I mean, it's not a ritual. It's not religion. It's not something I do. It's just coming to Jesus just as I am. Yes. Well, it's just too simple. Friend, the reason it is simple is because the hard part was done 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ bore the wrath of God on him on the cross for you and me. John 3.16 sums it up so well, does it not? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Have you called on Christ today to save you? Is Jesus in your life? Today, in this moment, as we get the gospel to every home, this is what you're going to be encouraging people. But there are maybe some today in this room that need Christ as their Savior today. I want to ask our musicians to come and our heads to be bowed and our eyes to be closed and as we go into a time of invitation. And maybe a deacon or two could be up front to pray with people if need be. Some of the leaders of the church. With heads bowed and eyes closed today, maybe today you do not know if you're saved. You do not have a relationship with Jesus. And you've heard the gospel today, and you are now feeling God drawing you to him. It's now time for you to respond. Some of you today would say, Kenny, I need Jesus in my life. I need Christ to save me right now. If today, and our musicians can begin to play softly, if you would. If today you've never received Jesus, I invite you to pray this with me. Dear Father, I am a sinner. I need Christ in my life. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my failures. But I trust in you right now. I believe you died. I believe you rose again. Come into my life and save me. Thank you for saving me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if today you trusted in Christ for the very first time, to receive Jesus as your Savior. And you believe Christ 
just saved you. Remember, we're not ashamed if Jesus comes into our heart. If today the Lord came into your heart, would you slip your hand up right now and say, Kenny, I just received Christ as my Savior. Anybody in the room today? Anybody that just prayed to receive Christ? Here in a moment when we sing, if the Lord is still dealing with you, I want you to come forward. Grab one of your church leaders by the hands or come to me. We want to pray with you. But if you need Christ, don't you wait. You move out of that seat. As soon as we start singing, you come forward. You come As soon as we start singing, come forward to profess your faith in Christ. Father, we love you. May you move this morning. We pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Akron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.